0: Today, many households are in trouble, mate. Hello again, it's Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics World, that is Post covering finance and property news. Well, I've just run my latest model update for the month of January 2024, and today I'm going to walk you through the high-level results. This is ahead of a live show that I'm planning to do on Tuesday week, where I'll go into postcode-level analysis. But this is a top-line view, and it really sets up the conversation for the week after Next. Now, just to start the conversation off, let me remind you, as I always do, that what we're doing here is analysing information from our rolling household surveys. And this is updated weekly and run at the end of each month. And that allows us to get a sense of what's going on on the ground. Now, we can slice and dice it out in different ways, a bit like a Rubik's Cube. And it also means that we can form a view based on some scenarios as to where things might be headed. Now, scenarios are not estimates of what might happen, but they're showing you relative sensitivities of what might happen. And it's also just worth underlining that we take our mortgage stress data, the price trajectory history information that we've got, the buying and selling intentions from our surveys, the migration data, the broader economic CPI wages and employment information. We bang all of that into the core market model, overlay the scenarios, And that allows us then to look at information at a postcode level and also rolled up to the region, state and all Australia. And I should just mention that we continue to run our one-to-one service. If you want a conversation about a particular postcode or suburb, And of course I can't give you financial advice, but I can talk about our underlying trends. We can look at the stress information, the home price trends data, and also have a view as to where things might be headed based on our modeling. And that typically takes about an hour for a Zoom or a phone conversation. There is a cost involved because there's a lot of work to be done to do the analysis. And if you're interested, you can contact me via the DFA blog links below. We're booking about three to five weeks ahead at the moment. Now, let me just uh, recap again that there are many different definitions of stress from 30% of income or taxable income through to underwriting metrics. None of those are very sensible in my view, given what we know now. So we define stress in cash flow terms. And if households have more outgoings, excluding one-off discretionary items and income, we define them as stressed. if they have a mortgage, they're in mortgage stress, if renting, then in rental stress. We can also look at investors with cash flow pressures. They are identified as stressed investors. And we can aggregate the data to estimate the total financial stress at a postcode level. And we can express it as a percentage of households and a count. Because of the fact that big numbers count, the latter is probably a better measure, and that's the one we tend to use in this presentation. Now the RBA of a couple of months ago published an interesting discussion paper about household financial stress and they rightly called out the different trajectory from budget pressures through to missing payments and ultimately insolvency. It's worth underscoring again that what we're doing here is measuring stress at that very early level when there are budget pressures amongst households. But it's also worth noting that not all households who have budget pressures ultimately end up missing payments or indeed going insolvent. So it is important to understand where in the pipeline we're measuring. We're measuring stress very early. So let's look at the mortgage stress data for January 2024 based on our information. And this is our high level summary chart. First thing to show is that rental stress has continued to rise. It's now at 73.47% of all of those rental households, and it's never been higher. Rental stress is very high. Mortgage stress is also up there as well. Again, a slight rise. We're now at 50.5%, so just over half households with mortgages have cash flow issues. Compare that with the February 2020 before COVID when it was at 32.9%. And the RBA continues to report the household debt-to-income ratio It's a bit myopic because it uses all households rather than just with small mortgage and, of course, includes small business too. But you can see there that it's pretty high. And if you go back to 2000, of course, the ratio was a lot lower. So it does show that more households have bigger mortgages and their ability to service those mortgages are somewhat compromised. So here is the information at the state level. As at January 2024. And what we've done here is to show where the rates have gone up from last month in percentage terms, highlighted in yellow, and where they dropped. And you can see that mortgage stress is higher in New South Wales, Queensland, South Australia, as well as Western Australia. Dropped a little in Victoria, Tasmania, and the Northern Territories in the ACT. On the other hand, rental stress was significantly up in the ACT, New South Wales. South Australia, Victoria, Western Australia, and the total was also higher. Stressed investors were just down slightly. There's been an improvement in the ACT and the Northern Territory and Tasmania and Victoria, but it went the wrong way in New South Wales, as well as Queensland, South Australia and Western Australia. The total was slightly down and overall financial stress is down just a little, thanks to the fact that the stressed investors and mortgage stress sort of supported overall financial stress down just a little. But nevertheless, if you look at the total numbers, mortgage stress at 50.46% shows that we've got 1.79 million households in mortgage stress out of a total of 9.7 million or thereabouts. Rental stress is at 73.47% which is more than 2.27 million. Stressed investors are at 22%, which is around 643,000. And those overall financial stressed households are at 48%, which is 4.7 million. And I will just make one point that what I'm talking about here is not the percentage of all households, but for example, The households with a mortgage, or the households with a rental stress, or stressed investors, or financial stress. So you can't take the percentage and apply it directly to the total households in the state. Another way of looking at it is by our segments, and we continue to run these segments because it's important to understand that not all households are equally exposed. And once again, it's young growing families, including many first time buyers, that have the real issue. Ninety one percent now. That's more than 283,000 in mortgage stress out of a total of 727,000 young-growing families overall. And if you look at rental stress, it's also very high for those young-growing families. But whilst mortgage stress is also showing up in the battling urban, on the urban fringe of our major cities at 81%, The highest rental stress is actually amongst those first-generation Australians the migrants have come in and are renting. 83% are actually in difficulty, and that translates to about 194,000 of those migrants coming into the country. Investor stress is highest amongst more affluent households, particularly those in the exclusive professional and young affluent groups, not least because they have a higher proportion of investment properties, and it's also worth noting that the young affluents are probably, less experienced in ability to manage rental portfolios. So they tend to end up in a worse situation. And overall, if you look at financial stress, it's younger and families and also the battling urban that have the highest levels of stress. Now, if we then go into the postcode and look at the mortgage stress information first, you can see there that Liverpool Postcode 2170 is top of the list followed by Campbelltown, again in New South Wales, 2560, and then Toowoomba in Queensland at 4350, and they all have more than 11,000 households in mortgage stress in those postcodes, as does 6065, which includes Tapping, but also Wangarroo and Wangaroo, and we uh, should make the point that the location that I'm listing there is the one that the ATO uses, to identify a particular postcode. It doesn't necessarily mean that it is the largest population centre in the particular postcode. Then we go into Victoria where we have 3064, Roxburgh Park, Cradybone, Donnybrook, and then Fountain Gate, Narrow Warren, 3805, and Hobbes Crossing at 3029. And then to Western Australian Postcode 6163, which includes Hamilton Hill, Spearwood and Samson. Then we come back to Victoria, 3810 Pakenham. Then to Ballarat, another regional town experiencing considerable mortgage stress at 3350. Then to Berwick and Harkaway, 3806. Then back to New South Wales, 2765, including Oakville, Riverstone Vineyard. And then we go back to Victorian Postcode 3977 Cranbourne, and finally 4306 up in Queensland, including Pine Mountain, Ampley, and Avoca Vale. Now, it's worth highlighting that a lot of these postcodes are in those high-growth corridors, a lot of recent bills, a lot of homeland packages, a lot of recent mortgage borrowers, and a lot of people, frankly, mortgaged to the gills. We then look at rental stress. The highest count of rental stress, more than 14,000, is up in the postcode of 3,000 in Melbourne. Then we go to Toowoomba, postcode 4,350. Then we come back to Liverpool, 2170. Then Labrador and Southport in Queensland, 4,215. Then Waterloo and Zetland, 2017. All of those, more than 10,000 households. Then we go to Point Cook and Deramont in Victoria, 3030. Campbelltown, 2560, Coomera in Queensland, 4209, and then Mount Druitt and areas around there, including Lethbridge Park, 2770, then back to Victorian Postcode, 3029, Tarnit, Ops Crossing, then Yatala in Queensland, 4207, then back to Westmead and Constitution Hill and Greystains, 2145, then Parramatta, 2150, Ipswich, 4305, Cranbourne 3977, Victoria, Blacktown in New South Wales 2148, and then postcode 4006 up in Queensland, including Bowen Hills, Fortitude Valley and Newstead. And you can see there that we get to more than 8,000 rental stressed households, even in Fortitude Valley. If we then look at stressed investors, well, The postcode with the highest level of stressed investors is actually Beckham in Western Australia, 6107, followed by Melbourne, 3000, and then another Western Australian postcode, Mount Claremont, 6010, including Swanburn and Cairo Then we go to Westmead, 2145, which of course includes Wentworthville and Greystains. Then Kellyville, 2155 in New South Wales, 4006 Fortitude Valley in Queensland, followed by Cranbourne 3977, then Surrey Hills in New South Wales 2010, including Darlinghurst there. Then we go to Maruba 2035, including Pagewood, then back to 4215 in Queensland, that's Labrador and Southport, then Parramatta 2150, 2031 Randwick, and then Bundaberg, 4670, and then Southbank, 3006, and Coomera, up in Queensland, 4209, and finally Campbelltown, 2560. And it's worth underscoring again that the total counts are relatively low, a couple of thousand, 3,000, but still significant. And finally, we look at financial stress, which is the aggregate. So the postcode with the highest level of financial stress across the country in January was postcode 2170 Liverpool. And then we go to Toowoomba 4350. Both of those were in the 26,000, 27,000 range. Then we go to Campbelltown 2560, Hoppers Crossing in Victoria 3029, Cranbourne 3977, Craigie and Donnybrook. 3064, then the centre of Melbourne, Postcode 3000, then Beckenham, Western Australia, 6107, then Point Cook, Deramont in Victoria, 3030, Mount Druitt, 2770, New South Wales, then Ballarat, 3350, Samson, 6163, Ipswich, 4305, Springfield, 4300, Westmead, New South Wales, 2145, Blacktown, 2148. And then finally, Western Australian postcode tapping, Wangara and Wanneroo, which is 6065. And just to give you a flavour, even when you get to Blacktown and tapping, we're talking at 15,000 and 14,000 households in that particular postcode who are suffering cash flow pressures. Now, one other way of looking at this is the risk of default on mortgages. And this is a projection based on what we see now and over the next 12 months. So it's a rough indication only, but the most default risked postcode is Cranbourne, 3977, and then we go to Mandra, 6210 in Western Australia, Armadale in Western Australia, 6112, Roxborough Park in Victoria, 3064, Tarnet in Victoria, 3029, Success in Western Australia, 6164, Beckenham, 6107, and then Gosford, 2250, followed by Bundaberg, 4670, Tapping, 6065, Toowoomba, 4350, Deremont and Point Cook in Victoria, 3030, Kerry Park in Western Australia, 6230, and Craigleish in Queensland, 4655. And it's worth making one quick point, and that is that Western Australia is registering significant risks here because prices went up earlier on in the early 2000s And then prices fell, and they've recovered somewhat, but negative equity is still a thing in Western Australia. So that gives you the baseline information, and you can see that uh, the trends are somewhat similar to what we've always seen. High-growth corridors, where a lot of households are actually in difficulty, people who've bought recently, people with big mortgages. Uh, Also, those first-generation rentals, are actually showing up quite considerably because people are coming into the country needing to find somewhere to rent and then having to pay quite heavily for that. And of course, the broader financial stress is also present amongst some of those high growth corridors and on the suburban urban fringe, as well as other areas too. So the takeaway here is that mortgage stress and rental stress and overall financial stress takes no prisoners. All sorts of different types of households in different areas are feeling it. And I think that's a very important point because quite often what I'm hearing and seeing or reporting is that somehow this is a narrow-based issue. It's not impacting that many people. Well, just remind you again, more than half of all households in the country are currently struggling with cash flows, which is not good and it's a very, very high number. I will just make the point that it is important to get the appropriate help if you have cash flow issues. And the National Debt Helpline, on one one hundred zero zero seven zero zero seven 7 7 is a very safe and secure source of assistance. Now, in my view, you need to be very careful if you Google for help relating to household finances, because you can often end up down a rabbit hole with institutions who will charge you for advice and charge you to help restructure your finances. The truth is the National Death Hotline is by far the best sort of advice. They are of course always very busy. It's a government backed initiative and they actually have experts which can help. So 1-800-007-007. Now let's continue the conversation by looking at our scenarios. As I said before, scenarios are a way of exploring different futures and to consider the consequences. They're not forecasts, but it's showing you the relative sensitivities. None of the scenarios may turn out to be right. Things change, and we do use the framework driven by our core market model, and we look at three potential outcomes updated with the latest data and results, and we run the, forward, and we run the scenarios forward from today. So let's look at the scenarios first. The first scenario is what I call the Goldilocks zone. So here now we're saying that rates will stay at 4.35 initially, but then fall through the second half of 2024, while inflation eases ahead of the RBA expectations. Wages hold up a bit. We don't see a recession in Australia, and migration remains above average. So that's perhaps the best possible scenario. And I have my base case scenario, which I call a soft landing. Rates stay at 4.35% through 2024, but inflation falls, but then later rises again, and actually stays above the RBA target into 2025. So we don't get a recession in Australia, a migration falls to average, but rates stay roughly where they are through this year. The worst nightmare scenario is that rates would rise above 4.35, lifting mortgage rates above 7%, and stay high through 2024. Inflation stays high, but unemployment now rises, and wages growth really stalls due to recessionary forces coming here, Rates ultimately get cut, but it's too late. And in the meantime, migration starts to fall significantly. And if we take those scenarios, and I'm going to look at Tasmania first because I think it's one of the most interesting parts of the country at the moment, we can see there that in the best case scenario, house prices pretty much go sideways, cumulatively speaking, up 1.5% over three years. On the other hand, In our base case scenario we see a further fall in home prices in Tasmania and in the worst case scenario they fall dramatically and units follow a similar trend but probably won't fall quite as much. On the other hand if we look at Queensland we can see there that in the best case scenario there is a significant potential for values to rise up 15% over three years cumulatively speaking. Even in the base case scenario the falls are Only minor, perhaps down 4 to 5% over three years. And the worst case scenario is a further fall, but nothing like Tasmania. Units follow a somewhat similar track, but don't tend to be quite so dynamic. If I then look at Western Australia, because of course everyone's claiming that Western Australia is the place to be at the moment with regard to home price action. Well, over three years, the best case scenario is a rise of 21%. The base case will be a rise of 1.7% over three years, and the worst case for houses would be a fall of 18.2% over three years. On the other hand, units don't tend to look quite so strong or fall quite as far in our three scenarios. And in summary, looking at Australian home prices over three years cumulatively, you can see that on the best case on average up 11% over three years, the fall of around 8% in our base case scenario and a fall of 28% in our worst case scenario for houses. Units don't rise quite as high or fall quite as far in our scenarios. And let me underscore again, these are just indicators. They're showing sensitivities. They're not making predictions of where home prices will be ahead. Now, finally, let me then just remind you that this information feeds are more detailed modeling. And here is postcode 2500. It's the one that I tend to use because I like really well Wollongong. And this is the information that we hold at the postcode level. Now, what I'll be doing on Tuesday week is to go through some particular postcodes and show you the latest information. Because of course, here what we do is we look at the ownership structure, how many own outright, how many are borrowing, how many are renting. Also the mortgage stress information, what proportion are in mortgage stress, rental stress, stressed investors and financial stress. We look at the mix of houses and units. We also look at the typical occupancy ratio, showing whether they're individuals or households. We look at the gross and net investment yields. And we look at the average taxable income for the latest years available, both from the ATO and from the census. And then we can look at our scenarios which shows you where prices may move based on best base and worst-case scenarios. And very importantly, and I think most significantly, we also look at disposable monthly income. So this is showing you what the typical household is doing with their post-tax income. And you can see here that in this example, for those borrowing, around 43% of their disposable monthly income is going on the average mortgage, which is 2467 and in the rental scenario, around 35% for the average rent at 1993 So this gives you very granular information about what's going on in that particular postcode. Now, if you'd like more information about other postcodes, then the best way to do that is to make a comment below. And what I'll try and do is to assemble some of those postcodes. What I did last month was to make a special show because I had so many requests for postcodes, as well as putting some of them up on the day. Or alternatively, the week after next on the Tuesday live show, you can come on and ask live and I'll try and give you information there. But we do get a lot of requests, so I don't always get through all of them. So the most secure way is to put your request into the chat and let me pick it up and uh, in the comments, and let me pick it up, and I'll make a show or two. And just before I go, I will also make the point that if you're interested in getting hold of the full information set, which is updated monthly, we'd actually make that available through our Patreon program. This is available at $50 US a month plus GST, and I make it available a few days after our shows so that you can get the full information for more than 2,000 postcodes across the country and it's updated each month so if you're interested in that go across to my patreon at patreon.com forward slash digital finance analytics and there are various levels of support and i'm very grateful for all of those who do support me via patreon it really is appreciated it helps to cover the cost of what we do but if you want the full information, you can get that available for fifty US dollars per month plus GST. And in the show on Tuesday week, as well as going through the detail at a postcode level, I'll show you some of the mapping because we also map a lot of this and show you where the hotspots are across the country. So as I bring this show to the close, let me make three points. Firstly, mortgage stress, rental stress, and overall financial flow stress are pretty extreme at the moment, and I don't see any simple reversal coming soon. Mortgages are very large at the moment. Rentals are still rising. The cost of living is still rising. Actually, mortgages are seen to be growing still relative to incomes, and that means that more households have significant pressure. And it's worth also making the point that the rate of income growth is slowing at the moment, so many people are still going backwards in real Terms. And by the way, the tax changes that are now proposed won't have a major impact. They will help a little bit, but only at the margin. The second point to make is that if you have a mortgage and you have cash flow issues, it's important to talk to your lender. The lender has an obligation to try and assist. Unfortunately, quite often what they will do is to offer you an extended period on the loan or indeed interest only for a period, or maybe an interest holiday payment. Now, that may help the bank, it may help you, but it won't necessarily solve the problem. In fact, it can mean that the banks get more interest over time. So it's quite important to make sensible decisions if the bank offers to extend the loan and pretend a bit longer. For those in the rental sector, it's very tough. Some people prefer not to try and raise any issues with the landlord. Others are a little bit more proactive. If you can restructure your rent and perhaps get an extension, that can be quite valuable. But what I am seeing in the rental sector is that some people are moving into cheaper, less nice property, perhaps further away, and perhaps less well-maintained to try and reduce their costs. Also, I make the point, of course, that the rental assistance that the government is paying to some is helping. That's one of the reasons why in some areas the rental numbers in terms of stress dropped a little this month. Third point is this. Households generally need to take ownership of their own cash flows. And I still am amazed that only half of households actually maintain cash flows so they understand what money is coming in, what money is going out. So it's really important to do that. ASIC And the Must Money Mart website has some useful tools to help that. Once you know what your cash flows look like, then you can prioritise and basically make sure that you manage within the envelope. Uh, One of the things that I see quite often is people reaching for more credit or using buy now, pay later. In my experience and what I'm seeing in my modelling is that may help for a little while, but not long term. And that's really the point here that we are not going to see any sudden turnaround we're not going to see significant rate cuts. We're not going to see rental costs dropping. We're not going to see the cost of living dropping. They may increase a little more slowly, and we're not going to see wages growth particularly strong either. So households need to plan for the next two to three years being under significant pressure. And that means it comes back to how you manage your budget, what decisions you take and make, and frankly where you trim back around the edges. No, that's not good news, but I think it's the only way to deal with it at the moment. So I hope you found that useful. As I say, Tuesday week, 8 p.m. Sydney time, we'll be on with our postcode analysis. But if you'd like to have information at a postcode level, put it in the comments, and I may well do another show in a few days' time. I'm Martin North from Digital Finance Analytics. Many thanks for watching, and I'll see you again next time.